Today we're gonna take a look at the fourth calling that is on your life. And that is this, you are called to bless. To bless other people. How do you do that? It's when you serve them. And you might serve them financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. There are literally hundreds of different ways that you can serve people in your world. When you serve other people, you are actually blessing them. And so will you write this down? The fourth purpose of my life is God shaped me to serve him. God shaped me to serve him. God has uniquely shaped you with five elements. And we at LifePoint put it in an acrostic, S-H-A-P-E. S, your spiritual gifts. H, your heart or your passions. A, your abilities. P, your personality. And E, your experiences in life. Those five things mixed together make you you. This is what step three is all about, and we're offering this class next week. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? We go through about 20 of them in this class. Do you know what your passions are in life? Do you realize that you, in the way of abilities, that you have five to 700 different abilities, and guess what? God wants them employed in the church and outside the church. He's given you personality. There are basically four personality types. He's given you experiences in life. God doesn't want you to waste the experiences that you have in life. These five things mixed together make you, you. And those are the things that God wants to use in serving other people in a unique way. Take a look at this verse in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is our memory verse for the week. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were born, God knew your mom and your dad, and he would bring them together to make you who you are. And he says, you are my workmanship. That word in the Greek is poema. It, it, it's it's the, the word for poem. You are God's poem. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's work of art. There is nobody like you. So guess what? That's how you have a unique contribution to this world. And that is why you and I shouldn't try to be someone else. We ought to be who God has made us to be. And God says, I have created you for a good work. That good work is called your service. It's called your ministry. It's called your blessing. It is the way you help other people. You weren't put here on this earth just to take up space, to eat, breathe, and just die. No, God puts you here to make a unique contribution with your life. Do you know what that might be? If you don't, you need to take step three. That's what we teach. We will help you. That's called ministry. Another word for ministry is service. The word servant and ministry are the same word in the Bible. The fact is we're all to be servants or ministers. 
We're not all called to be pastors, okay? I'm, I'm called to be a pastor, okay? And I know what my purpose is. It's around, it's around committing. It's helping people be committed to Christ and committed to the church. But I've also been called to be a pastor. You may not be called to be a pastor. You may be, I don't know. In fact, if someone asks you, how many ministers do you have at LifePoint Church? You can tell them we have 2,800. Now, I know it doesn't look that way right now, but you be here Christmas and Easter, okay? <laughs> we got all kinds of ministers. Now, I want you to get your pens out because there's a lot we're gonna write about this. Will you write this down? My life calling is to be a bivocational minister of Jesus Christ. What does bivocational mean? Well, it's like bifocals. When you get glasses that are bifocals, now we don't call them bifocals anymore, okay? What do we call them? Progressives. But they're really bifocals, okay? It means that you can see two things at the same time. You can see far off and you can see close up and you can see both of them with clarity. When, when you are a bivocational minister of Jesus Christ, it means that no matter what you do in life, you do it for two reasons. You do it for a close-up reason and you do it for a far-off reason. You do it for a close-up reason to serve and help other people. And you do it for a, so to speak, a far-off reason for God, although God is closer than you realize, okay? And you do this whether you are a truck driver or an attorney or a janitor or a hospice worker or a homemaker or a teacher or a deal maker or accountant or a reporter or, or you're retired. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do. If you are a Christian, you do it for two reasons. You do it to honor God and you do it to help other people. Everything I do in life as a follower of Jesus Christ. Folks, I do it to help other people. I do it to honor God. I am a bivocational minister. Take a look at Colossians chapter three, verse 17. Whatever you do, will you circle that phrase? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, through him. God wants you to do everything. Everything. For the honor of God and for his glory. Or for the honor of God and for other people's good. Everything can be a ministry or a blessing in your life. And what I mean by that is that you can take out the trash, and folks, you can make that a ministry if you do it for the honor of God and for the good of other people. You can change a diaper, and it can be a ministry. You can clean your family room. It can be a ministry. You can make your bed as a ministry. Now, I struggle with this one because I don't like making the bed. It's the biggest waste of time there is in, uh, on this planet, Okay. But you can make it a ministry if you do it for the honor of God and for the good of other people. And there's one other thing, if you do it with the right attitude. And that's why it's a struggle for me, okay? <sighs> you dumb thing, okay? I want you to write this down. 
menial tasks become meaningful tasks when I do it out of love for God and for others. Menial tasks become meaningful tasks when I do it out of love for God and others. Whatever I do, folks, it can become a ministry. Everything can be significant. Let me give you an example. Most of you, my guess is you work in corporate America. You go into the conference room and you have a meeting. I don't know, there's 10 people around and you're talking about some project coming up and they're serving coffee in there and there's sugar and creamer and there's some donuts and different things, napkins. And after you're done with that meeting, that room looks like a mess, right? You could walk out. No, the admin's gonna come in here and clean this up. Or someone from janitorial staff is going to come in here and clean this up. But let's say you decide, you know what? I'm going to clean it up. And you clean it up. You just did ministry. If you did it for the honor of God and for the good of others. Maybe for that admin was there. Now here is something that we oftentimes forget. And that is the calling to salvation and the calling to service are the same. When you became a believer, you weren't just saved. No, you were called to serve. You were called to make a difference in this world. And that is why at LifePoint we say this, every member is a minister and everybody has a ministry inside the walls of the church and outside the walls of the church. This is what you and I have been created for. Take a look at Galatians 1.15. God in his grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve him. Will you circle that phrase? Called me to serve him. This is the fourth purpose for your life. This is the fourth calling on your life. This is the fourth reason. This is your fourth assignment. You have been shaped. God in his foreknowledge of who you are, says you're gonna have these spiritual gifts and you're gonna have these passions or heart and you're gonna have these abilities and you're gonna have this type of a personality and I'm gonna allow these kinds of experiences to come into your life and they're gonna all be mixed together because I'm gonna use you in a unique way to make a unique contribution in this world and I hope you're interested in that because this it's the third step. You have been shaped to serve. You have been made for ministry. You and I have been made or called to bless. So the question is this. What happens when you begin to change the focus from self to serve? From it's all about me to all about serving others. Well, there are four things that you and I want in life almost more than anything else. And when you and I begin to serve unselfishly, getting the focus off of ourselves and getting it onto other people, these are the four benefits that you get. The first one is this. You get joy. The first thing that happens when you serve unselfishly, is that it will produce joy in your life. It will create a massive amount of joy within. 
Would you agree that most people are looking for happiness in life? I would say so. You ask them, hey, what, what do you want out of life? They'd say this, I, I just want to be happy. But here's the problem. They're looking for happiness in all the wrong places. They're looking for it in pleasure and power and possessions and position and popularity and prestige. Folks, success doesn't bring satisfaction. Neither does sex, salary, or status. All these things are temporary. Permanent, ongoing joy comes not from sex or salary or status. Folks, it comes from service. It comes by giving your life away. That's when joy will flood in your heart. Now why? Why is this the case? Because God wants to reward you with this joy, this internal happiness when you become like him. One of the chief characteristics of Jesus was serving. I did not come to be served, but to serve. And God says, if you become like my son and you begin to serve, guess what? I will flood your internal being with joy. Now the challenge though is this. Most people don't know the two secrets to get there. The first one Will you write this down? It's just to get the focus off yourself. The more you focus on you, the more miserable you're going to be. It is no accident that the word miser and miserable come from the same root word. You've got to shift your focus from inward, it's all about me, to outward, it's all about God and other people. When you do that, I'm going to let you know, you're going to become a radical in our culture, because everything in our society says, guess what, it's all about you, consumerism. But when you begin to give your life away and help others, the more joy is gonna come into your life. Now Paul gives us an example of this. Take a look at Philippians chapter two, verse 17. My life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. Yet I am filled with joy and I share that joy with all of you. It is a fact of life that the most helpful people are the most happy people. So will you write this down? If you wanna be happy, be helpful. Seriously. Helpful equals happiness. The more helpful you are, the more happy you'll be. The more self-centered you are, the more unhappy you will be. It's just the way God wired the universe. Joy floods your soul when you begin to give it away. Take a look at Philippians chapter four, four and five. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice let everyone see that you are unselfish and considerate in all that you do. Notice how Paul pairs joy with being unselfish and considerate. If you are inconsiderate and you are selfish, you're not gonna have joy. But if you are considerate and selfless, you're gonna be filled with joy. I love how the message puts this. Take a look at uh, uh, Philippians 2.4. It says, forget about yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. I like that. Let me be upfront with you. If you lack joy in your life, 
Start serving. Start by finding your shape. We take an individualistic approach here. Yeah, we got big needs, but we look for your primary place to serve through your shape. Start by understanding your shape. And from there, then find your place inside the walls and outside the walls to serve where you're serving at your expense, where you're not getting paid. Truly, if, if, if there's nothing that you're doing on a weekly basis for other people's benefits and not for your own, honestly, you're being really selfish. God didn't put you here to be a selfish little clod. No, he created you. He foreknew who you were. He orchestrated it to create your shape. And he says, I want you to use it in the world. And I want you to use it in the church. The second secret to this joy is, and will you write this down, using your gifts to help others. Not just knowing what your shape is, but using it to help other people. When you use your gifts, God says, guess what? It's going to feel good. You're gonna feel fulfilled. You're gonna also begin to see fruit because you're working in the zone. Have you ever watched maybe some, I don't know, some TV program where they're interviewing an actor or an actress uh, as, a as a result of a new movie that's coming out, and sometimes you will hear that actor or actress say this, I was created for this role. I was, I, I was made for this role. Have you ever had that feeling? Or are you just going through life, ho-hum? God has created you to experience this joy. And you will experience it when you understand your shape and you begin to employ it by serving other people. Take a look at this verse out of 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to make a lot of money. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? God didn't give you your, your shape just to make a lot of money. I'm sorry, I read that out of the reviled substandard version, right from the pit of hell, okay? It says, use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You see, God just doesn't want us to use our treasures, money. No, he says, I want you to sacrifice your time and I want you to use your talents. Take a look at this video right here. Before I started serving at LifePoint, um, my family and I, we, we came to church on a regular basis for a number of years. We, we were faithful in tithing. We participated in, in many of the fundraisers to you know, purchase the land and, and build the church. But I really wanted to take that next step. I really wanted to use my God-given talents to help serve um, within the church. My issue was trying to figure out where I wanted to serve. Um, I am not a in the forefront type of person. Uh, I, I, I am more of a person that likes to be in the background and, and help do things that way. So after a period of time, I started leading the tech team. 
My job was basically to pull together all of the um, team members to fill all the positions that we need. We have nine positions that we have to fill every weekend, both services, as well as all the specials. Sometimes it was difficult to actually uh, fill the positions. Fortunately, I have a wife and three kids and, and other friends that I could pull into it. And sometimes um, God uses me to find somebody in the pews that didn't realize at the time that they needed to come run camera. For example, a girl named Sydney, when we were actually doing VBS, she was standing back at the tech booth and was really interested in what was going on, so we just asked her, do you want to run camera? She was elated about it and actually did a great job. Her, her mother called later and just said that she was talking about it all weekend. Um, Sydney is still on the tech team today. We enjoy the fact that we feel everything is important um, that we do there. We, you know, we are part of the process that is that is bringing people to the Lord our Savior. We feel like we help um, in in so many ways in making sure that people do hear uh, the Word of God and and they take it home with them. For me, that is how I found my purpose at LifePoint. Yeah. Mark has been blessed. He's, God has given him some talents, some abilities. He has shaped him for this. And I'm glad we clapped for him because he's up here a lot. He has been blessed to be a blessing. And how can you and I be a blessing as we use not only our treasures, but our time and our talents inside the walls and outside the walls? The second thing that we're looking for in life are improved relationships. And so will you write this down? My relationships will improve as I unselfishly serve other people. Your relationships will actually get better the more you learn how to serve. And that is something that we need to practice really everywhere, with our families, in the church, and outside the walls of the church. Why is that? Because the root of all relational problems is one thing. It's selfishness. And sure, there are other issues revolving or around relationships, but the root of all relational problems is selfishness. I want what I want, and you want what you want, and neither of us are willing to compromise. I want it my way, and you want it your way. And what happens is, bam, conflict happens. I really think a verse that everyone should memorize is Proverbs 13, verse 10. Pride bring or leads to conflict. When, you're, when you have an ego, you're going to have conflict. When your ego hits my ego, boom, sparks are going to fly. But the more you practice serving, the more you learn how to get out of yourself and into other people, the more harmony there will be in your relationships. And that can practically happen by serving other people. When you and I learn how to do this, it's going to change our relationships. Because changed people change people. Life is a lifelong task of lifelong learning how to be unselfish. Unfortunately, too many people have not learned this lesson. They go through life thinking that life is all about them. 
They don't realize that one of the reasons that God created them was for them to learn to be unselfish. Why? Because God's unselfish. For God so loved the world that he gave. He was constantly giving, constantly thinking of other people. God is love, and God wants you and I to love other people by not being selfish. So how do you and I learn to be unselfish? By copying Jesus. He is our model. He lived the most unselfish life ever out there. Take a look at Matthew 20, 28. Your attitude must be like my own, Jesus said, for I did not come to be served, but to serve. When you take on the attitude of Jesus and you begin to live your life by serving other people in your relational world, to honor God and to help other people, to be a bivocational minister, Two incredible benefits are gonna happen in your life. One, you're gonna become like Jesus. And the second one is, you're gonna be more respected. You're gonna be more loved. You're gonna have more friends. So will you write this down? Don't try to be interesting. Be interested. Don't try to be interesting. Be interested in others. Folks, that's how you make a party. Most people go to parties and they're, man, do I look cool? I mean, you know, is my hair right, you know? But if you go into a party and you are interested in other people, you, the world, will think the most of you. Because most people truly are just interested in themselves. Take a look at Romans 14, 18. If you serve Christ in this way, you will please God and be respected by people. Do you want to be respected by people? Then learn to scramble to the bottom. Be interested in others. Now here's the cool part. The more I bless other people, the more God's going to bless me. The more I minister to other people, the more God's going to honor me. The more I serve other people, the more God is going to serve me. Take a look at Proverbs eleven twenty five. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. This is the principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, guess what? You get back. But here's the deal. You just don't get back one seed. You get back a bushel full of seed. So if you start to bless other people, guess what? You're gonna get tons of blessings back. When I hear people say, you know what, I really, Pastor George, would like to be more involved in serving, but you know what, I'm just too busy. I think, how sad. Because you don't realize the blessings that you're missing. The blessings on your life, the blessings on your family, the blessings on your business. God does not bless selfishness, but he does bless unselfishness. And if you want the blessings of God on your life, on your family, on your business, you got to find a way to scramble to the bottom to serve. Take a look at Proverbs 17 verse 11. You do yourself a favor when you're kind. Kindness is love in action. Isn't it interesting? We do ourselves a favor when we show kindness 
to other people. Look at Proverbs 22.9. A generous man will himself be blessed. If you want God's blessing on your life, you've got to be a blessing to other people. If you want better relationships with people, you've got to learn how to serve. The third thing that we're looking for in life is meaning. Who am I? What is my life all about? So will you write this down? Serving others unselfishly will make my life meaningful. The only way that you find meaning in life is to give your life away. God's wired it this way. So I want you to write this down. Meaning doesn't come from money. Did you get that? Meaning doesn't come from money. A lot of times people think, well, if I could just make more money, my life would be more meaningful. No, it won't. Now, I know a lot of millionaires in our community. I don't know any billionaires, but I know a lot of millionaires, right? If you're a billionaire and you want to identify yourself, please stand, okay? But I've had these millionaires tell me, George, there's a lot of good uses for money. Money can make your life easier. It can give you opportunities. It can open doors. It can save you time. But there is one thing that money cannot give you. What is it? It can't give you meaning. Now, Jesus brought this out. In, Matthew, or in Mark 8, 35, he said this. If you try to keep your life for yourself, in other words, you're just self-absorbed. I just gotta get, 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 get. Get all I can, sit on the can, and spoil the rest. You will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. Will you circle that? True life comes by giving your life away. So will you write this down? Meaning comes from ministry. Do you wanna have more meaning in your life? Then find, not, not just know your shape, but find your place. And meaning will start flooding in. Now knowing this, what should our attitude be? This verse was one of the first verses I, I, I memorized when I became a follower of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know what your work in the Lord is, because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Will you circle the word fully? God wants you to do it with all of your heart. He doesn't want you to do it grudgingly. No, folks, he wants you to be all in. He wants you to, to, to jump in the deep end. Circle the second attitude, wasted. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. That word in the Greek means empty, useless, without purpose. And yet, if you do everything for the honor of God and for the good of other people, Cry, then, then you will discover meaning and purpose. And it doesn't have to be some big thing. It may be some insignificant thing. And you may think, well, no one will notice. Well, who cares? God notices. It's just important. In fact, Jesus said this, even if, you, if all you do 
is just give a glass of water to someone. I'll remember it, and it'll count for eternity. By the way, we need some water people on our 5K run. You can sign up for that. And that is significant. Now this brings me to the fourth reason. The fourth thing that we're really looking for in life. And it's this. We're looking for a legacy, aren't we? We're looking for a legacy. What will happen if I use my life to serve other people? To bless them? What will happen if I switch the focus from myself to others? If I switch my focus to honoring God by serving other people, I'll tell you what will happen. Four things that we're looking for. You, it will produce joy in your life. It will improve your relationships. It will make your life meaningful. And then it will, it will create a legacy. You will leave your mark on this world. And every one of us in this room wants that. We do. And you will leave your mark in two places. One on earth and the other one in heaven. Now, I don't want to be a downer here. But the one that you leave on earth will not be forever. They've done studies that, that after mm, three generations you won't even be remembered. Wow. Even if you have your name on a building in the culture that we live in, they wipe it off. After two or three generations, you won't even be remembered. But God has called us to serve up close and to serve far off. He's called us to serve those who are in our world and he has called us to, to do it for the honor of God. When you begin to serve other people in close up, what happens is it builds your reputation. Take a look at this in Proverbs 10, 7. Good people will be remembered as a blessing. What are you wanting to be remembered for? What are you going to be remembered for? If you died today, would people say, you know what? That person was a blessing. That person lived really for other people. They were generous. They were kind. They were considerate. Or would people say, you know what? They were pretty self-centered. Life was pretty much about them. They weren't very generous. They weren't very considerate. They weren't very kind to those in their family, to others outside of their family, to, to the world that they live in. What do you want to be remembered for? The Bible says good people will be remembered as a blessing. The truth of the matter is we all want to be remembered, don't we? We really do. We, we, we want our life to be significant. We want it to be filled with meaning and purpose. We want it to be great. And there is nothing wrong with wanting to be great. In fact, Jesus talks about this. In Matthew 20, 26, he says, if you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. Will you circle the word all? The more you learn how to serve all people, the greater your life will be. The more you serve 
other people, the more influence you're going to have in your world. I call this the Mother Teresa syndrome. We all know Mother Teresa, don't we? She's the one that moved to, to, to Cal, or India, Calcutta, India, to serve those who were dying in the, in the outcasts, of the outcasts. And she began caring for those dying people who were the least influential. And you know what God gave her? God gave her influence to where she could go to the United Nations, to where she could go to Congress, to where she could go to the president. People would listen. If you want to be great, you got to learn to scramble to the bottom for everyone. Not just for the lovely, but for the unlovely. A couple of weeks ago, it was North Texas Giving Day. And Cheryl and I participate. One of the things that we wanted to do on that day was to go to the McKinney Square. There is a cafe. It's called Hugs Cafe. And it's filled with learning different, mentally challenged kids. And they run the restaurant. There are those who are supervising, but they run the restaurant. You walk in the door, and there are smiles, and you get a hug. I'm a hugger. I like that, okay? And we went there that day just to participate. We got there at 11 o'clock. We were the first ones in, but then a few minutes later, there were about two or three, four other parties there. And about 11.05, the supervisor says, hey, we're getting ready to pray. We always start our day with prayer. Would you like to pray with us? And they went to this family, and they, no. They went to this family, no. And they came to us, yeah, we'll do it. We got in the circle, and we were holding hands, and we, we started our day off in prayer. And we just went, at the end, on three, hugs, 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 go, like that. And then about 11.30, because they were in this Texas giving thing, they were doing a Facebook Live shot. And they asked different ones to be a part of it. And no one wanted to be a part, but Cheryl and I were there. We had our arms around these, these individuals, adults and kids. Just, yay, hugs! It was just a great time. Loving people who were different than us. We went onto the square and we went to this gelato place. It's next to, I think, Randy's Steakhouse, somewhere right in that area. And we're sitting down and we are eating our gelato. And it was hot. It was melting, so we were eating kind of fast. And we noticed that there was a gentleman who had cerebral palsy sitting on a bench and had a can. And it just broke my heart. Because I saw hundreds of individuals. And we've seen this, have we not? They're, they're, they're there, and you're walking, and you kind of see it, and you go. And it broke my heart. Because God has called us to serve the least that are amongst us. And so Cheryl and I got up. We bought him a water. It was hot. We went over and we gave him some money. What is a few bucks out of our pocket going to mean to us? Nothing. But it can make a world of difference. And I know there are panhandlers out there, but you know what I'm more concerned about is our hearts. Do our hearts break for those who are the least amongst us? That's why we take on 
the homeless in this community. And we will always do this. Because God says, if you will scramble to the bottom, I will make sure your needs are met. It's interesting. I love leadership. I've gone to Amazon and looked up the word leadership and you will find hundreds of books on leadership. But if you type in the word servant leadership, you'll find very few. It's about 500 to one. Why do I bring that up? To make this point. Our world has got it backwards. We think it's about crawling and scratching to the top when in reality it is about scrambling to the bottom. But Pastor George, no one will see. Who cares? Who cares? God sees it. Take a look at these verses as we close. Hebrews 6.10. God is fair. He will not forget the work that you did and the love you showed for him by helping his people. And he will remember that you are still helping them. We are bivocational. We remember God remembers. Jesus gave a promise in John 12, 26. My father will honor anyone who serves me. What a day that's gonna be. When you and I Take our shape that God predestined and, we, and use it by serving other people. And though other people will forget and may not even remember, God will not remember it. Or God will remember it. If you want to leave a legacy, you got to start by serving unselfishly the least that are amongst us. You have heard me say this before, that the greatest use of your life is to invest your life into those things that will outlast it, which means you've got to make a decision from one of three things. You've got to decide, am I going to spend my life, am I going to waste my life, or am I going to invest my life? The best use of your life is to invest it in those things that will outlast it. And God in his word says there are two things that will, out, that, that will last forever. My word and people. And so, let me encourage you. Next week, sign up for step three. Find and dis- or discover your shape and find your place to serve. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you have shown us your grace by creating us the way we are as unique individuals that we might have a unique impact in our world. And I thank you for Jesus who modeled a selfless life so much so that he was willing to even give up his own life to reconcile us to himself. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you have saved us, God, that our names are written in the book of life, but that you didn't just save us, 
so that we would believe, but no, you saved us that we might belong in a spiritual family like this, that we might become like Jesus, and that we might bless each other in the walls and bless others outside the walls. And so God, as we take these steps of purpose, pour your grace out. Give us the desire and power to do what you have created us to do. We want to be those who don't live for others. But God, we want to live for you. We want to live for the audience of one because we know that whatever we do for your honor and for other people's good, you will remember it. And you will reward us. And so God, we give you this message. Use it in our lives. Transform us. We want to be changed because we want to change people. We want to change the world that we live in. We want our church to change, God. So we lift this up to you in your son's name. Amen.